Welcome to Beyond the Body, a podcast for women who aren't afraid to dive deep into who they are, embrace discomfort, and level up their mind, body, and life. I'm your host, Christina Slater. If you've ever struggled with body image, self-worth, or knowing how to take your fitness to the next level, you have come to the right place. We go deeper than just the latest fad diet or trending workout to provide you with the mindset tools to transform your body, upgrade your mind, and reclaim your life. Let's get into it. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to Beyond the Body. I am your host, Christina Slater. And today we are going to be talking about confidence, okay? Specifically body confidence. But we're going to go and branch out even more than that into different types of confidence that maybe you didn't even know existed or know that it was impacting you or impacting how you show up, or more importantly, how you think. Okay. So we're going to kick it off with body confidence because I do think that that is something that a lot of women and a lot of men struggle with, both openly and behind closed doors. Okay. And it's, Unfortunate that a lot of people are not comfortable in their own skin, but that's the reality of the world we're living in. When I'm chatting with people, I hear a lot of comments about, well, I don't like how I look in my bathing suit. I don't like how I look in jeans. I can't fit in my jeans. And there comes a point where these physical insecurities, they're not just affecting you anymore because now you don't want to go on a date with your spouse because you don't like how you look in a dress. You don't want to take your kids to the pool because you don't like how you look in a bathing suit. You don't want to go to the beach. You're wearing these long sleeve shirts in the summer because you don't like your arms. And this is not uncommon at all, but it is devastatingly unfortunate because we are attaching our sense of worth to our body. Okay. And the underlying issue there is that you feel like you need to change the way you look in order to be confident. Meaning your confidence is conditional upon your body. The only way you can feel confident is if your body looks different. And thus, the way that you show up in your life is depending on that single hinge point and that single hinge point being your body. Okay? And one of my coaching philosophies and the way that I see my job as a coach and how I approach it with my clients at Cut and Conquer is, yes, I help you with the tactics of an aesthetic transformation. I do advocate very strongly for the aesthetics of fitness because I feel it's essential to love the way your body looks and be working towards a physique that you are proud of. And as a coach, I have that knowledge to help my clients create a strategy and a blueprint that essentially helps them build the physique they want. But the mistake that a lot of people make, whether that is a client or a person or a coach or a trainer, and honestly, a mistake that I made very very early on in my career was that's as far as you take it, right? Is the aesthetic transformation. That's, that, that would be the end of the journey. You, you achieve the look and now you're done, okay? But what is so powerful and what I really try to ingrain into my clients is that If you can, along the way, like throughout that aesthetic journey, create confidence from within, then you are no longer going to be limited by the external. And 
every client that I take on, you will know this if you're a client or have ever been, I ask you, when was the last time you felt confident? It's actually a question in our application. And usually, like 90% of the time, the answers to that question are things like, oh, I last felt confident before I was pregnant, before I had stretch marks. I last felt confident after I did a 12-week program and I dropped 20 pounds. I last felt confident when I weighed X amount, when I weighed 150 pounds. And it's interesting, right? Because those answers are not wrong. But almost all the time, that answer is attached to an outcome. So one thing that I really hope to convey in this episode is if we can rework that concept and aim to build confidence no matter how we look and despite how we look, it's going to be so much more powerful and effective, okay? Because our ultimate goal should not be to achieve the outcome in order to gain the confidence, but gain confidence in order to achieve the outcome. Does that make sense, you guys? So not achieve the outcome and the outcome being the weight loss or the certain look to your body to gain confidence as a result of that outcome, but to gain the confidence to achieve that outcome along the journey, right? And I get it. And I know that like right now you might be in this place where you just want to transform your body. You don't care about anything else. You have so many insecurities and like all you can think about is losing weight, right? Or building a bubble butt or like whatever it is that that you are insecure about. But you also have to think about what is going to happen when you do achieve that outcome. Assuming you have a proper strategy and you hire a coach that can actually help you get there. When you do get there, then what? Because if your mentality and your self-identity and the way that you think about yourself is not upgraded along that journey, and I mean actively upgraded, not just like, oh yeah, now I feel better about myself like six months later and this is great. Actively done because when you're achieving the aesthetic goal, you have to go to the gym. You have to train. You don't have to go to the gym per se, you ha- but you do have to do the workouts. You do have to eat a certain way. You do have to drink water. You do have to do these physical things in order to change your physique. The same thing goes for your mindset. So if you're only doing the physical and you're not working on the mental, you're not working on the emotional, when your body transforms and becomes that new physical outcome, your mindset is still going to be the mindset you used to have because we didn't upgrade it. We didn't work on it. We didn't create any tools or any strategies or any systems to improve the way you think. And part of that being the way you think about yourself and your confidence. And why this is so important is because if you do upgrade your mindset and your identity throughout your fitness journey, then your confidence or lack of confidence is no longer going to limit how you behave or the way you hold yourself. Because if you do fail, and I mean, there's no such thing as real failure, but if you do fail or you do slip up in the future, you do have a backward slide, you still have that confidence to know that that failure or that obstacle or that thing, that setback is not permanent. And you have the confidence in your ability to bounce back and move forward. But if you don't cultivate and create that confident identity along the journey, well, when you hit that point where life slaps you in the face because we all know that it happens and you quote unquote fail, maybe you have a 
an episode of binging or you do gain some weight back or you have a health issue. Like things happen, man. Even myself, I recently went through a health issue that was completely out of my control. I was not expecting it. And I had to take two weeks off from the gym. Was that a big deal for me? No, because fitness and health and healthy eating and training is ingrained into my identity. So I just went back to being who I was. But if I wasn't that person internally, after that two weeks that I had to take off from training, I could have viewed that as a complete failure. And I wouldn't have had the self-belief and the confidence to just pick myself back up and keep going. Another example, and I mean, this one isn't 100% comparable, but um, I think it's still relatable. And I think this will kind of resonate with a lot of listeners is I used to never go out or like never want to be seen, I guess you could say, without makeup on. Okay. And I get it that some people just really, really like makeup. There's like makeup artists and just people who just love wearing makeup because they love wearing makeup. I actually used to be one of those people. It's funny, when I was in high school, I was pretty insecure, but I also just loved makeup when I was in high school. I did as a kid too. Like I always wanted makeup and I would always watch YouTube tutorials. Like that was before YouTube tutorials were like a big thing. There was only a couple like makeup artist influencers and I would always watch their looks and I would try to replicate them and I would try to like blend my different eyeshadows together. <laughs> like I put, I didn't put a lot of effort into the makeup just because I was insecure. I was insecure. So I wore makeup, but I also put a lot of effort into it because I truly liked it. But the bottom line was I lacked confidence from within. So I felt like I had to have this external mask, quote unquote, like makeup mask. <laughs> on because like I didn't really know who I was. And I mean, does anyone know who they are when they're 16? I don't know. But I know specifically I did not. Now, and again, I'm still, it's not like I have all the confidence in the world or I'm perfect. But in terms of internal confidence, there's days where I wear a lot of makeup, like a shit ton. I cake it on my face for fun because I want to, or I'm doing a photo shoot or something. And then there's most days where I wear a bit, you know, like I like my mascara. I like to do my eyebrows. And then I'm not a big fan of having like foundation on my face lately, but I'm going off topic. And so there's some days I just do the, the, the basics. And then there's some days where I literally wear no makeup. And I truly love how I look all three ways. I look different in all three ways. I wouldn't say drastically different, but I do look clearly different with makeup on than I do without, as do most people. However, the way I act or what I do or whether I feel worthy is not in the least impacted by the makeup or by if I'm wearing the makeup or not, right? And so to move forward from this point, the way that most people in like North American society are today is we're really good at knowing and talking about what we don't want. Right now, hear me out because I'm I'm gonna get to my point. But things like how we don't want to look and how we don't want to feel and who we don't want to be in a relationship with, what we don't like about ourselves, what we don't like about the way we look, what we don't like about our life, it's very clear to us those things. But we're typically really bad at talking about what we do want, and even more so who we want to be. Right, the thought of describing very particularly and vulnerably, what we want typically terrifies us, especially if you are someone 
who struggles with confidence. And I've even had clients tell me this very thing. Like when I first joined the program, and this is clients, these are people who actually had the confidence to join a program, right? And there's people who don't even, they're not even at that stage yet. I've had clients say like, honestly, when I first joined, I was too afraid to tell not just you, but myself what I actually wanted to achieve because I truly didn't think it'd be possible for me. And I was just scared to embarrass myself, right? And so this, it just circles back to to confidence, right? We don't want to admit what we might even want to achieve if it were possible because we don't know how we would get it. We don't think we are good enough to get it. We've never had it before. So how could we achieve it now? And we ultimately just don't think we are capable of it, especially if we've never done it before. And ultimately, we refrain from acknowledging what we really want. And we refrain from even more so actually allowing ourselves to ask what we truly want because we're afraid. We're afraid. And that lack of confidence, it holds us back because not only are we not willing to admit it, but we're not willing to explore it. And these are the types of blocks that will come up in people's fitness journeys. And to give an example and to kind of give some context behind this, if you're someone who is struggling with this, you might see yourself join a fitness program or sign up for a plan or whatever. And it means a lot to you and you have these big goals, but you don't really give the program your best shot. Right. And like you want to, but you just don't. And you ask yourself, like subconsciously almost, why am I not doing this when like I could, like I could follow this meal plan or like I could get to the gym one more time, but like you're just simply not doing it. You don't even have a reason not to and you want to do it. Right. But you just don't, you truly just don't give it your best effort. But the thing is, there is it's not that you couldn't do it. It's that you actually weren't confident enough in your ability to follow the plan. So you didn't fully try. So you had nothing on the line to lose because you knew you weren't going all in. Because if you go all in and you fear failure, that is going to be terrifying to you. Because if you go all in and you fail, holy shit. And like I talk about with my clients all the time, you guys are probably sick of hearing this. I'm so sorry. But... You never act out of alignment with your identity. So if you see yourself as lacking confidence, that's who you're going to be. And the, the thing is, is our brain works obviously on a subconscious level as well. And, and this pops up in things like self-sabotage and will reach a certain amount of success. And then for some unknown reason, like it truly feels unknown, we just stop doing the actions that took us to that level of success. And we're like, why did I do this? I don't know why I did this. But then you continuously repeat it throughout your life. And sometimes we like to, what's the word, rationalize our behavior because we like to have a reason for things, right? We like to understand, but sometimes we don't fully actually consciously understand why. So we come up with a different rationalization or validation for our behavior, right? So you join the fitness program, you don't really give it your best effort, but then you tell yourself like, I didn't give it my best effort because I was super busy and I just didn't have time to meal prep. Like I just didn't have time. And I hate to break it to you. I don't hate to break it to you. I actually love to break it to you, but I don't want this to be perceived as judgment. You, you do have time to meal prep. 
everyone does have time to meal prep. There's not one correct way to meal prep. There's hundreds of correct ways to meal prep that could be adjusted and made to work for you and for your lifestyle. And there's also, it also comes down to prioritization. Okay. So if you're saying you don't have time to meal prep, it's, it might be what you believe, but what you believe is not necessarily a truth. Okay. So it's a lot easier to tell ourselves and say that we didn't have time to meal prep than it is to say to ourselves, like, I just didn't give it my best effort. And I mean, honestly, maybe this is like a breakthrough moment for you because maybe you didn't realize or didn't acknowledge that it's okay. And you can give yourself permission to admit that you didn't give something your best effort. Like, that's okay. We are human. You are human. You are living a life to learn things and to learn about yourself and to have these experiences and to have these fears and these mistakes and these quote unquote failures. But if you do truly want to change and you want to progress and you want to build confidence and you want to create this life and this body that you love, these are the things that you have to be willing to face and you have to be willing to open up about. And this is something that I, I really try to teach my clients, right? Because it, their fitness journey is not about me, just as much as my fitness journey is not about any other person in this world except for myself. And as much as I want my clients to succeed, and I'm going off topic again, but like I know that's my weakness as not just a coach, but as a person, is I see the potential in everyone. And the the reality is like it's not my job to to determine and to force you to fulfill that. It's up to you, right? So I really don't care if my clients cheat on their programs or they don't follow the program. Like I don't care. That is not my decision to make. I am simply there to help them understand and to help them navigate and to help them make better decisions and decisions that is going to serve them and serve their goals and help them understand how changing their behavior and changing the way they think can actually progress them through life. And my favorite thing to do is get them to question their beliefs. Like if if you just do this thought experiment and you pick something that you pick the most ingrained belief that you have and try to question it. My favorite one is like questioning like and this is not a religious standpoint but just questioning the traditions around Christmas because those are so deeply ingrained in people and when someone if someone brings up something and it triggers you, that's like a good sign that like that's a really deeply ingrained belief. Because when I say like, I won't eat Christmas dinner or I don't like eating Christmas dinner, like it triggers a lot of people or I don't like the traditions around Christmas. A lot of people get upset by that. So I just challenge you guys to search your own brain and search your own life and try to find like three to five beliefs that you're like, well, that's just truth. Like it's just is. And then try to question it. Okay. So if you can do that on the beliefs that you strongly hold as truth, you're going to easily be able to start to do that on other beliefs, like the belief of fat loss being hard or the belief of I'm just not disciplined or I have to have a crunchy snack when I eat, te- when I eat TV, <laughs> when I watch TV, a crunchy snack when you eat TV. Oh my gosh. Anyways, <laughs> the goal with the transformation, a physical and mental transformation to as a coach is really to help my clients unpack like the chaos that is going on in their life and help them navigate life effectively and in an authentic way that feels good. Like that's how you build confidence, right? And 
If you, going back to that concept around Christmas, if you are triggered by what I think, right, or what someone else thinks within yourself, right? Because often, and maybe Christmas isn't the best example for this, but often that is an opportunity to uncover a part of you that is hurting. And again, these are things that we don't like to admit. We don't like to face. We like to rationalize them. We like to validate them with other things that are maybe easier to understand, right? So if we circle back to body confidence, a lot of people I talk to who lack confidence, they say that it, I compare myself to other people and it makes me feel bad, essentially, right? That, that's me paraphrasing, but I, I hear that a lot. Okay, so why? Ask yourself why. What about that makes you feel bad? You're comparing yourself to other people, whether it's real life, social media, whatever, and it makes you feel bad. You might think like, well, they're prettier than me or they're fitter than me. Or in my case, they have bigger legs than me. They get faster results than me. Maybe you're comparing to people in in a program or a mentorship, right? So ask yourself, in what context though? In what context is that true? Because you have to remember that you are interpreting everything through your own lens of the world based on your set of beliefs about yourself and about how the world works. So if we can approach this, I guess you would call it like behavior pattern of comparison, because the comparison is what's hurting our confidence, approach the pattern of comparison from a place of curiosity instead of a place of self-destruction, the question then becomes, why do I not feel pretty? Why do I not feel fit? Why do I feel like my legs are small? That's what I should be asking myself, I guess. Why do I feel like my results are not fast enough, right? Do you see already how we have switched, switched that, right? Instead of she's prettier than me, she's fitter than me, she's faster than me, whatever. Why do I not feel good enough? essentially, right? And then we want to dig into what is underneath that. Because when something or someone triggers you, it is because you believe there is some truth in that somewhere. Another example for context, you guys. Um, this could be this should be super relevant and applicable to a lot of things outside of fitness as well, like relationships, especially, okay, I want to do an episode on this same topic about romantic slash intimate relationships because I feel like I could, I feel like I have a lot to say on that, even though it's not my area of expertise, as you might put it. I think, anyways, let's go back to the original example I was going to provide. And especially if you're a parent, this will definitely resonate. Your kid, for example, says to you, oh my God, I hate you. You're the worst mom, right? Some parents are going to totally just let that roll off them, right? Because they know they're a good parent. They are confident in that. And they realize that their kid is just saying, Oh my God, I hate you. You're the worst because that child is looking through the, that child's own lens of, Oh my God, my mom said I couldn't eat chocolate for breakfast and now I'm upset. Right. That is the lens in which that comment is, is coming from. Okay. Some parents are going to receive that and they're going to be hurt by it and they're going to be triggered by those remarks because subconsciously, there is a part of them that doesn't feel like they are a good parent. Now, that doesn't mean at all that they are not a good parent. It doesn't mean at all that they've even done anything wrong as a parent because that concept could be coming from, 
something else that was created early on in, in their childhood, right? But it still doesn't change the fact that it's happening. And instead of stepping outside of themselves and understanding that those comments have nothing to do with them and that the child is just reacting to the situation from their own perspective, the parent attaches meaning to it and hurt to it, right? And this, you can apply this to a, a variety of things from a variety of different perspectives. And it's, this is something that I've really been trying to, I mean, it's challenging enough to do it for yourself, but then to also think about it in terms of other people, right? That's a whole nother level. <laughs> I was going to go off on that tangent, but I don't even know if I'm there yet. So we'll, we'll come back to that one in a week or two. Essentially though, I guess the lesson here is like, when someone gives you feedback, whether it's a child or a friend or a boss or a coworker or a random person commenting on your social media photos, you don't have to internalize it. You don't have to attach anything to it. And even just acknowledging that is really, really powerful. Because when you know who you are and you know your values and you know what you stand for and you know the intention behind your behaviors, nothing anyone says can impact you. Right. And the problem, which brings me back to what we were previously talking about, is that the problem is most of us are not confident in who we are or who we want to be or why we want to be that way because we're not confident enough to let ourselves explore that because deep down, we don't feel like we could ever achieve any of those things. And so we go through this life with this notion of like, oh, maybe I'll be confident when. Right. And it's attached to that outcome. It's dependent upon that hinge point. Like, I will feel good enough when I will love myself, maybe when. Okay. But you guys, you won't get there unless you love yourself first and you won't sustain it if you don't love yourself already. Okay. And the problem is, again, we are attaching that worth, that self-worth to an outcome, right? So going back to what we were talking about at the very beginning and taking it a step deeper, because we don't feel good enough, okay, we refrain from going for what we truly and deeply desire for ourselves. Again, because we don't feel like we were, we'd be able to achieve it in the first place, right? So we end up going through life doing these things and being this person who is perpetuated by these things and behaviors that aren't really meant for us anyways, because we are being what we think we need to be in order to receive that external validation from others and that love from others, or even from society, like acceptance from society and what is considered normal or socially acceptable or socially desirable, right? And I had a, was it a post or a story up on social media the other day? And it said something along the lines of like, the people who truly love you are going to love you and the ones who don't aren't meant for you anyways. And I got a lot of feedback on that. There's a lot of different directions and avenues we could take that. (laughs) But like, I'm still even navigating that in my own life, right? Because especially if you know me, not I don't think many people even know me in real life anymore because I've been so busy the last two years. So there's probably like five people who this would make sense to. And of those five, probably maybe two of them listen to the podcast. (laughs) But I am 
And I do struggle with being okay with that versus not being okay with that. And I mean, I guess I I ask myself, like, in what context could either or neither or both of those be true and useful? Meaning, I guess, like, if I am, if I by nature am a very straight up person, should I continue to be that way simply because that's how I am by nature? Or should I be open to, exploring different directions with that because maybe by doing that, I'm limiting my growth and ability to build relationships or perceive things, right? Again, I'm going to give an example. This is not a real example at all. I just made this up. But for for context, I guess, if someone is offering me food that I don't want to eat, like, of course, I'm not rude. I'm not going to be like, no, F off. But like, I will very straight up say like, no, thank you. Please stop offering me food because the answer is going to be no every single time, right? Instead of something like, oh my God, I would love to eat your peach pie, but I'm just really not hungry, right? Because to me, yes, I guess you could just say that's softening the blow or like it's a little white lie. But to me, I don't want to eat the peach pie and I am fucking hungry. So I'm not going to say I'm not hungry if I am hungry. And I'm not going to say I would love to eat the peach pie if I wouldn't love to eat the peach pie, right? Now, yes, there's situations in which you would need to adjust those statements, I guess you could say. But is there really? Is there really? Because this whole episode is about questioning your beliefs. And if you believe that you have to audit yourself around certain people or in certain situations, are you really being true to you? Now, I know we're going a little way off track with it, but think about it. Question it. Is that wrong? Is that right? Do we know? Essentially, what I do know is some people love me for it and some people hate me for it. And at this point, the ones that hate me for it, I really don't care about them. Hate might be a bit strong word, but you know what I'm saying. Regardless, it really makes me ponder (laughs) this whole concept around social norms and what is acceptable today, right? When I go to a social event and I spend the entire time sitting by myself, people think, oh, wow, she's such a bitch. She's sitting by herself and she's not talking to us. But you don't know that. There's no possible way that you could know that. You are speculating based on your frame of reference and based on the lens in which you are seeing the world through and based on the set of beliefs that you hold about you and about the world based on what has happened to you, right? You have no idea if I am the nicest person in the world or the rudest person in the world simply because I'm not engaging in a social situation in which would normally be socially acceptable to do so. Which brings me to my next point, you guys, and that is... If being yourself offends someone, that has everything to do with them and nothing to do with you, right? Because just as I am interpreting everything through my own lens, so is everyone else. So if someone tells me like, hey, you're stupid, like it doesn't fizz on me because I know that I'm not stupid and I have evidence to back that up. Like if someone also said, oh, you can't swim. Well, like... That's not going to affect me because I know I can swim. I was a competitive swimmer growing up. I swam for like a very many, most of my life. There's a ton of evidence to prove that like I definitely can swim very well. 
And as mentioned previously, it's when we feel there is truth in those things that it triggers us and that it hurts us. So if someone says you're a failure and that hurts you, take that experience and go within. And instead of saying like, poor me, I'm so hurt. Like I'm not a failure and this guy called me a failure and now I'm going to stop trying because everyone thinks I'm a failure and I shouldn't have started even trying in the first place because I knew I was going to be a failure. Take that experience, go within and say, hey, what part of me feels like a failure? What's underneath that? We need to get away from feeling bad about who we are and bad about these issues and these blocks that are coming up within us, right? As long as you are working on and being a version of you that you're proud of and that you like and not a version of you that's out of alignment with what you actually want, who you want to be, we can't, we shouldn't judge ourselves for that, right? And we need to use that information to help us transform and and become better and become more aligned. So the very first step in doing that, in my opinion, is becoming aware of when these situations are happening, right? And then the next step is to go that layer deeper and ask what is the actual reason or underlying cause that is leading me to think this way. And then if we can answer that, or at least start to answer that, we will start to get that sense of clarity, right? And that's amazing. That's much more than most people will find in their entire life. But the the kicker is we need to still put it into action, right? Because you build confidence through integrity, through keeping promises to yourself. And when you can do that consistently, you will develop that unshakable, unbreakable confidence because your confidence will no longer become conditional upon an outcome, you guys. It will no longer be conditional upon how your body looks or whether you wear makeup or not or what other people look like or what other people think or don't think or whether you have or haven't failed in the past. So if you are someone who knows you lack confidence, you're aware you have these insecurities and you know it's holding you back and this episode awakened something in you, I'm going to give you guys a framework, I guess like next steps to kind of take to work on your personal growth from here. Okay, so I'm going to give you a series of questions to ask yourself. Um, Write these down, okay? So either pop out your notes in your phone or take out a pen and paper. I'm going to give you five questions and then I'm going to kind of explain the questions a little bit because there's not a lot of context with these ones, okay? So the first question is to cultivate awareness and that is what triggers me? Now, I know I said I was not going to give context yet. So first question is what triggers you? And you might not know the answer right now. So you might have to kind of create this list over the next couple of weeks when the triggers pop up because sometimes we we aren't aware of it yet. So question one, what triggers me? Question two, why does it trigger me? Question three, what unmet needs do I have? Question four, how can I better meet these needs? What can I commit to doing to build trust in myself is question five. And you guys, I just thought of another question that I feel like I should have included in here. And that is what beliefs would serve me in this journey? So I would add that question in as well. Okay. So just to break it down a little bit, awareness. When when you're looking for what triggers you, like maybe it is looking at fit girls on social media. Like that's just one that I hear a lot of the time. 
And then you want to ask, why does it trigger you? So maybe you will, you could, I'm not saying you're going to have the answer, but you want to explore it, right? Maybe it's because you have never been able to stick to a nutrition plan before. Like you've never successfully followed a, a, a diet. And I, I, when I say diet, I don't mean like a restrictive diet. A diet is simply what you eat. You've never been consistent with what you eat, right? And then you're going to ask what unmet, unmet needs do you have? So this is where you ask yourself essentially why you have not been successful with your nutrition attempts in the past, right? Why do you feel like you've never followed a diet, right? Because some people have, and some people have been very successful with it and they don't have any issues. So I'm not comparing you, but why do you think you haven't been able to do that? Because just the the fact that someone has been able to do that just goes to prove that it's completely possible. So like maybe for you, food provides you a sense of safety. And so every time something bad happens in your life, you turn to food and it becomes this binge, right? Again, that's just an example. It might not be what happens to you and it probably is not. Just as another example, if you're someone, let's say, who is skipping the gym and you're like, why do I do this? Maybe it's because you've always put others' needs above your own. And so when you go to the gym, it feels selfish and you're taught that selfish is bad. So prioritizing your own goals, even though you want to and you need to, it feels selfish, right? And that's one of those blocks that are going to come up. Question four, how can I meet these needs, right? So in example one, when we talked about like food providing a sense of safety, like we want to ask ourselves, what can I do to create that sense of safety that isn't eating pie or (laughs) eating food or whatever, right? Ask yourself that. Maybe it's stress management practices. Maybe it's a more predictable routine. Like, I don't know. You, You have to ask yourself. And like an example two, where we talked about someone who feels that, prioritizing their fitness goals is selfish. Like what boundaries can you put in place that will allow you to prioritize your goals, but still not feel like you're sacrificing other people, right? Question five was, what can I commit doing to build trust in myself, right? Because again, at the end of the day, building confidence is about keeping promises. So maybe it's you can commit to eating breakfast every day. Maybe you can commit to meal prepping one day of the week, right? It's not about being perfect. It's not about doing everything. In fact, last week in the client group, I was talking about why trying to do everything all the time is the worst idea. So maybe I'll do an episode on that. And then the bonus question that I just threw in there, question six was, what beliefs would serve me like in, in this journey or in trying to change these things? And like, for example, in the example with feeling selfish, Obviously, the belief that working out and making the gym a priority is selfish, that belief is not serving you, right? So we have to replace that belief with a different belief. And for example, it could be when you are working, when you work out, that action of going to the gym and and doing your exercises is helping you create that body and mind that you are working towards. And as we go through this process, you're going to become a better version of you for your kids or for your family or for your spouse, right? So when you become better and you become more confident, you're going to show up better and more confident in every other aspect. So like if you're someone who's like, oh, I I work too much, like I can't go to the gym. Well, imagine how much better you're going to be at work when you can create confidence through that journey and confidence in your physique and confidence from within in your mind at work. Like it translates, it transfers across the aspects of our life. So you guys, we are going to wrap it up there. 
Hopefully you guys got value from this one. If you did, I would love to hear like what stood out for you, what resonated with you. If there's things that are directly applicable to your life, let me know. Like the, the more feedback I get on these episodes, the better it helps me kind of figure out what to speak on next. So please, if you liked it or you have feedback, take a screenshot, tag me, share it to your Instagram story, tag me at Nikfina, K-N-I-F-I-N-A. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Beyond the Body. If you're getting value from the podcast, please don't forget to follow, rate, and review. It really goes a long way. And if you're ready to take your mind and body to the next level and you want to work closely with me and my team, head over to my Instagram page at Nyfina and tap the link in my bio to fill in a coaching application to see if Cut and Conquer can help you transform your life.